Hello and welcome to Defy the Norm podcast. So we are back. Victor and I are going to be talking a lot this month about health, happiness, and uh, redefining the human experience. And so if you are new to the podcast, I recommend like this is a great starting point uh, to jump in. You know, the the last seven episodes we recorded about a month and a half ago, and they were great about the chakras, but we're going to come uh, back to that later. We're going to lay the lay the foundation in these um, next, I don't know, five or ten podcasts on how to really make a difference in your overall uh, well-being, but really in your relationships is what we want to try to focus on. And so we're going to be sharing some of the struggles and the things that we've been learning after uh, she's about 25 years of marriage and five kids and traveling the world. And I hope you enjoy it. So let's get to it. To inspire you to boldly and unapologetically live outside the box, dream big, and question everything. This is the Defy the Norm podcast with nomads with a purpose. All right, Victor, we're back in the truck. It's been a <laughs> while. <laughs> so last time we were, we did the podcast, uh, we were in Red River Gorge and we were pretty consistent. Like we, we travel normally so fast and we don't have time to, to do this. And we we just happened to be in Red River Gorge and sat still for what, like three weeks? Yeah, it was almost, almost a month. It was amazing because I could work with clients right from my campground. Wi-Fi was awesome. You guys were a stone's throw from amazing rock climbing too, right? Yeah, it was really great. And so I thought today we should start this um, our new podcast series by talking about habits because you know, it's really hard to to live the lifestyle we live and maintain certain habits. And, you know, some, some are kind of automatic. So we're just going to dive deep into the whole spectrum of what habits should you stack? What habits do we stack? What habits are hard to stack? And I was going to start with saying just right up front that the reason I'm doing this is because I have a really bad habit of drinking a beer or a glass of wine a night. And it's something that actually travel kind of created that habit for me. Because before, when we lived in a house, we would only go, do you remember? We would only go once a week. Yeah, yeah, we'd only go once a week. We'd split some truffle fries or something and split and have a beer. We had a beer and we'd split a hamburger and split truffle fries. And the funny thing about that is I write about it in my book, A Playful Life. And it, it was great. That was a big splurge. That was our cheat day. And we just had literally a half a burger and split order of fries. But we'd each have one beer. And it was okay, but you still felt a little crappy the next day, right? Do you remember? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. I, but that was, our, that was sort of our... Um, we were needing to find that, okay, we got to go out. We, we got to go out and do something. At the same time... It's not like we wanted to go clubbing or, or, or do something extravagant. So it gave us this checkout time. And then Danny and Gabby were old enough, like, hey, we're going to go out 
and then so we could be gone two hours and come back. Yeah, I mean, we were in the mix of having young kids for a very long time. That was still when Jariah would be screaming anytime you left. They yeah. would have to restrain him. Poor guy. guy hasn't changed, actually. He's much like that still the same today. Yeah, and so that was back in like 2014, 2013. Uh, Danny would have been only, you know, 13 or 14 years old, 14 or 15. Right before we moved into the RV, uh, we would do that. And it was... Then we moved into the RV, and I really think Europe probably solidified that habit because, you know, we would always be, I mean, you're always surrounded by, it's just the culture. You're like, four or five o'clock, it's time to have a glass of wine, sit in beautiful mountains or forest, and it's just, that's just what you did. And so it's like one of those habits that I've always known I should break and sometimes I can justify it if I'm training really hard, like with rock climbing, and it doesn't really bother me. But what happens is we get to a point where we're not really, I'm not exercising. And this whole Florida trip has been great in some ways, but in other ways, it's like there's just not the right kind of physical activity for me. And so I notice I still have the habit, but then it affects my sleep patterns. And two nights ago, we were leaving Ocala, heading up towards, we're by Destin Beach right now. And I, I drove late and I had this moment that I was like, okay, because I'll try not to keep much alcohol in the RV. And I was like, oh, okay, well, there was a gas station. I could run over and get a beer from there. And I thought, okay, well, there's probably not going to be, I'm so picky too, like ridiculously picky. <laughs> Victor's yep. rolling his eyes. Yeah. Um, he should be flattered. That's why I picked him because I'm so picky. (laughs) Okay. No. (laughs) And so I remember sitting there for a second. I'm like, okay, well, if I just put food in me, you know, this, this urge will go away. And I did, I just went ahead and ate because a lot of it is that I don't really kind of warrior style. I don't eat all day. And then when it is time to eat, I start with a glass of wine or that beer and then maybe a little cheese and some olives and then work my way into dinner. So it's, it creates this whole like letdown habit. But when it interrupts my sleep, it was a little bit of a sign like, hmm, maybe you're taking this letdown thing a little too far. Like I was getting to be where I was like wearing this badge of pride. Like, oh yeah, I can get by on four hours of sleep. I'm, I'm better than sleep. And I knew deep down, like, this is, this is not healthy. This is a lie. You need more sleep than this. So that night, two nights ago, I go, okay, I resisted. And I went to, we all meditate before we go to bed. And I remember just laying there meditating and soaking in so much, uh, really pride for myself. Like, I'm so proud of you, Robin, for you did not, I'm not kidding, but she was laughing. He's like, who does this stuff? But I do. Okay. I do. And I'm sitting there like, I'm so proud of myself. I can't believe I did that. Like, I just feel so much better right now. And I fell right to sleep at the end of that meditation. Whereas normally I'm kind of a weird person too, right? That, well, let's just end it right there. I'm yeah. We weird. can stop end a contest. <laughs> but that. I'm weird that I drink and I get Tons more energy and tons more mental clarity. Yeah, yeah. She's just fire. It fires so many different neurons and ideas. And and I actually, the, the running joke is that um, I, I actually enjoy a good beer as well. But in general, it like makes me even more uh, quiet and relaxed. And that's not what we need to kind of have a conversation. And so the running joke is that I need a cup of coffee and she needs a beer. So I can maybe be one-tenth of the energy she is, but um, we haven't actually run that because I don't really want to have a cup of coffee at 7 o'clock at night. (laughs) So we ended up... Anyways, went to sleep that night. I woke up 
probably like way earlier than I normally wake up. So it was probably like six. I, was it five thirty? Yeah. And I woke up and my eyes open. I'm like, I Whoa. feel so amazing. I feel so rested. This is incredible. Like I hadn't felt like that in a long time. I normally can operate on fatigue, and you know, I know a lot of you listening know exactly what I'm talking about. Where you're like, yeah. I'm tired. Like you just don't know any better, and you kind of feel proud of yourself that you can operate on low sleep. Not Victor. He's like, if he like misses ten minutes out of his tight nine hours, oh shush, <laughs> stay away. Um, so we go to uh, well, yesterday. We drive. Got to Destin Beach. I uh, worked with a client. You know, I I'm not going to say that it's easy to tow the fifth wheel, but I'm not stressed out towing it either. But it definitely like. You, you have to have a little bit more cortisol. You have to have a little bit more high alert. You're taking in your surroundings more, checking your mirrors more. So I think what happens to me too is when we get into a, when we move campsites, which is a lot right now, it's like this, this, um, we'll call them the gremlins from what we were, that podcast we were listening to, but the gremlins come in my brain like, yeah, you need to let down. You need to like, I have to offset that cortisol rush. And so it's really easy. Victor finished working, uh, working out. I finished working with a client. He's like, you want to go get a beer? I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's go. And the funny thing, we sat there and had a beer and I'm like, this was was mediocre. I can't believe I brought, like, I was determined. I'm like, I'm going to go 30 days, all of December. I'm not going to have a beer. And that was probably. It would have been nice if you shared that with me. (laughs) If you were determined. (laughs) This is so true. It's like, I, I, yeah. Because honestly, it's not even that hard for me. Um, to, to, that's not one of those things. Now, if you said 30 days without chips or, you know, one of my one of my little kind of things that I really have a hard time, then that might be a little harder. And that's beer. the thing. Like, chips to him is beer to me. Like, I can eat pretty much nothing but, like, um, whatever, our healthy dinners. <laughs> nothing. That's it. Nothing. She can eat pretty much. Robin but is off air. Air. <sighs> I'm a vegetarian. And so we, we had, uh, yeah, so it was insight. And so I woke up this morning and I'm like, all right, enough's enough. No more excuses. Let's start the podcast uh, with Pat. We're talking about patterns and habits. Yeah. And so we're going to, we're going to talk. And by we, I mean, I'll eventually let Victor jump in here in a second. That's okay. I'm here as the bench warmer. (laughs) And so we're, we're going to, in this series of, um, podcast that we're going to go through in December. Bottom line up front is everything comes down to reprogramming your brain. And in order to reprogram your brain, because uh, Gabby and I just did a webinar and we have it up on our YouTube channel. If you want to check this out, I'll put the link in the description, but we did a whole webinar and we broke it into little chunks so you can uh, digest it in small amounts. But how the neurons fire in your brain uh, really do Effect. I mean, they are your habits. That that is how you how you respond, why you react certain ways. But if you go deeper to it, it really comes from what your personality is. And so, you start with these thoughts, right? As a kid, you you're you have different thoughts, or you're you're trained to think a certain way, and these thoughts become your beliefs, and these beliefs become your actions. And all of a sudden, when you hold um, or let me even back up. Your, your thoughts really just trigger emotions. And these emotions really become your personality because you hold an emotion. Think about you hold an emotion of, say, anger. For a couple hours, you, you'll be like, okay, well, uh, God, they're in a mood. 
what's wrong with that person? Or if they held it for a couple of days, it starts to be their temperament. Okay. They're always angry. And all of a sudden you have that for days and days and weeks and, and months. months. Then all of a sudden that's their personality. God, they're always angry. They're always blowing up. And so getting to that first initial, like figuring out where that upstream emotion is coming from is really the root of reprogramming. And so I think Victor has an amazing, uh, some good stories to tell about this. It's, it, it's not that to say, I, I would, wouldn't you have said for a long time, like I was that angry. That was that I would resort to anger more often. And it does seem like that's still my go-to, but it's not. Yeah. You can yeah. throw me under the bus. No, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Are you kidding you me? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that was your, certainly your go-to. If anyone, even a little bit, mama bear would, would come out for sure. That, 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 that's your go-to emotion that was, in any way, anytime. Um, where it's like I get more sorrowful and sad or whatever. Yeah. Pathetic. <laughs> and so that's where personality typing definitely can help yeah. us. It's not necessary. Reprogramming your mind, if you're an extremely mindful, self-aware person, you can reprogram without necessarily having to know your personality type and heal your chakras. However, chakra healing and understanding your personality type uh, are such easy ways to hack it because you can identify like, oh, am I operating out of guilt all the time? Well, if you're operating out of guilt, then you know, oh, I need to balance out this heart chakra. Or if you're, yes. Yeah. So I just wanted to interject on all that because when we cross over this, people's eyes glaze over until we have the practical application. So what I mean by that is when we're talking about knowing your personalities, healing your chakras, repro reprogramming, like, this is all under the umbrella of like self-care. And that should make a little more sense because oftentimes when I'm telling people to work on their self-care or I'm working on my self-care, they think, oh, eat a salad, <laughs> right? And, and that's certainly part of it. But if you're just eating the salad and you're working out in some way and you're sleeping right and you're doing the food, you can still be derailed by this upstream problem. We've seen it for a long time. We see it a lot. I see it a lot in clients. And so, uh, you know, break the nose. You know, I, I always think of that. That really um, I work with a very prominent um, plastic surgeon who always says, you know, Victor, sometimes or actually every time we do a nose job, we've got to go in and break the nose first before we rebuild it. And so knowing your personality and healing your chakra gets to the root. And yes, it can be challenging, but going forward, then everything else falls in line so much easier. So when we're talking about self, when we're talking about self care right now, and we're lining all this up, it's about that last dotting that I or crossing that T so that you can get everything to click in. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. No, it's and okay. So, and self-care is a really hard word for, um, this is why Victor and I do the podcast together. Cause you get the two extremes. And I think, uh, almost all couples have these type of extremes in their relationship. Uh, to me, self-care is like a soft word of it's almost like a non-word, I think, because self-care should be more based around self-fulfillment. And Victor, when he say that, he's like, whoa, whoa, what do you mean? I'm supposed to be selfish. Now, remember, uh, personality types and enneagrams play a role in this. If you're a type two, you have a program running that being selfish is bad. Right. But in the end, what I'd encourage you to think about going into the rest of this podcast you know, following series, our series yeah. is <clears throat> what do you want for your, what do you want your life to look like in a year from now? 
What do you what do you want your life to look like in five years from now? What did your life look like a year ago? What did it look like five years ago? Think about is the path that you are on going to lead you to different results in the future? Are you happy with the results? Do you think any of the good results you're getting could be threatened right now with the state of the world? So by doing all of these, instead of thinking self-care, because the problem is when we go self-care, we start to feel guilty that we don't do enough for ourselves, we're not enough. Mm -hmm. But when we look at it from a little bit more of a selfish lens, and we, and that's what I'm gonna talk about in a little bit, if it's self-fulfillment, we start to shift how we value ourselves. Instead of I feel guilty because I'm not taking care of myself, it's a, we want you to come at it from a lens of, I am an amazing person. I deserve happiness on this earth. I tell it to Victor all the time. Like when you're 80, 90, 100 on your deathbed, like you don't want to go look back and go like, oh, I, I settled, I self-sacrificed a lot. I was good, I was kind. Yeah, that's part, part of it. But you want to be like, heck yeah, I chased my passions. I chased my purpose. I, I made a difference. I, I feel really good about the risks I took and that, you know, maybe they weren't all successful. That's my Enneagram coming out. As a type eight, I'm like, hey, let's make things happen. Let's be fulfilled. And so we're going to get into how, how to do that. But if you can shift from like self-care, yes. Yes, you should have self-care. But make your self-care be the factor that is getting you towards self-fulfillment. For me, when I'm going to cut out this beer or the wine for a month, and it's because to me, my next intrinsic value is about showing up to change the world. I really feel like I have a place in helping helping shift the tide and what's happening. And there's there's a lot of complacency and I like look at myself I'm like, oh, because I need that beer at night and I'm gonna not sleep, then I'm not gonna have the energy or the discipline the drive, to yeah. sit and record a podcast and show up on YouTube and do all these other things that I know can make a difference in somebody else's life. And the big reason I think it can make a difference is because I see the world totally different through our travels. We get to, we are not in the bubble. We're not surrounded by any media. People say, have you seen this on Netflix? I'm like, we've not, we don't watch Netflix. We haven't watched cable. We haven't watched HBO. We, we're so outside the norm of perception and your perception is what is going to influence how you think what emotions are triggered so maybe getting getting a different point of view from people who aren't um really aren't part of the rat race we we see a you know we're surrounded by trees i mean we're around people too it's not like we're total hermits it's just we're not influenced by propaganda as much or fear is, for I sure know. it's like the, it's just fear mongering. like covid does it covid doesn't affect the amish yeah we're kind of <laughs> like that right yeah. okay so it's gonna be victor's turn so habits would you say first that like even though on this element of self-care self-care is hard for you like without yeah, even going, general, we're not going to yeah, go to yeah, self-fulfillment yeah, 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 yet like no, self-care I mean, is hard self-care in general for a person like me who's uh first my wiring first uh well first my wiring second um what i've done for work for almost 30 years is all about you know giving uh and so self-care in general just doesn't cut it. Now, there are certain things that I'm always amazing at, uh, obviously, because I'm a meathead. So I always make time to work out, no matter how, how busy my schedule is. And sometimes to my detriment, 
because I'll be like, oh, all I need is a workout. And in the end, it just wears me down more than I already am. And probably what I needed on those days <laughs> is to read something relaxing or, and, or something that's going to help me with my fulfillment as opposed to lifting heavy iron, right? Right. And so remember, the point of this is like, what habits should you stack? Because right. uh, it really does play a role in what your personality is. And by the way, in, there is a link in the description on <laughs> how to get the personality hacker uh, where we we help you. We have these Enneagram cheat sheets that they're everyone tests wrong. So instead what we did um, by we, Gabby, Isabel and I, we created this video to walk people backwards through their personality, like introvert, extrovert, sensing, intuitive, all these factors, and then use those to kind of look at the Enneagram cheat sheets. But here's, this is the important part. If you know your Myers-Briggs and you know if you have an FE or an FI function, right there is going to help you know like, hmm, Victor has an FE function. He is amazing at at reading other people's emotions, but that means it's hard for him to, to um, sense his own. For me, FE is my last function. And you know, if it's your last function, and it's a really, I say last, it's your shadow function. So I, I know I need to uh, make a podcast with Isabel on going into detail on how this works, but you have four functions that are usually steering your day, steering your emotions, steering your reactions. And of those, most of us are only really using two. the first two, yeah. occasionally the third. And if you're really self-aware, maybe you're touching on that fourth. And then if you're really, really, really self-aware, you're going to notice that those other four functions, because there's eight total, there's other four that are your shadow functions. And they're really like they're your demons. What It's my shadow function that's totally tells me like, yeah, yeah, go get the beer. Go get the beer. It'll be great. And of those, the last one is like, you guys, this is couples therapy here. If you can figure this out, if you can fully understand this, this is like way more effective than going to uh, couples therapy. <laughs> the, my last one is F.E., my absolute, my eighth one. Like for me, people who are FE dominant, I don't get you. I really, I just ha have so much trouble understanding. Like, how do you let other people's emotions dictate what you think and feel and do? Like that I have an FI function as one of my, it's probably my third, I believe. Um, and so for Victor. So that's my last. That's, no, your FE is your second. No, I'm talking about oh. FI. no. Is that how you're last? I thought N I no oh, N I N I, N -I right, right. Um anyways, he go he yeah. So so I literally always like go, hey, pretend you just have fuel gauges on your via on your on your body. Like just you need to maybe this is why, you know, biometrics will be good in the future, <laughs> yeah, right? Your energy level is going down. Though. Brilliant. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so it is anyways, I'm side note because I want to connect some dots as we go through our storytelling in if you know your cognitive functions, you can understand like, oh, my FE is gonna make it harder for me to that means you have to have more discipline and habit stacking in place that's automated because you're not going to intuitively be like, you know, I feel like I need a half a pound of grass-fed beef right now in order to maintain always. my energy levels. That's always done, yes. <laughs> so exercise is a go-to for you, Victor. That's a habit that's easy. What's um, sleep? Sleep is not a, yeah. a no-brainer. In fact, I'd... you look like you could go to sleep right now. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> 
Just trying to stay up with your energy and track where the conversation is. Just kidding. It's because you needed two cups of coffee and to mine, huh? Um, yeah, sleep and food uh, and exercise. Are... Well, let's talk about food because you switched that this this last month. Do you mm. remember? You started. What did you used to have to have as your go-to for food? But well, we don't have it with us. Though. Oh, well, beef. Yeah, like how much beef? Like put a in lot. perspective. Of... A lot. So... Uh, over this, particularly this last trip, I've been working a lot, doing what I think is a lot of self, um, work on myself to figure out what's going on inside me, uh, how much energy I got going on, what kind of, uh, nervous energy I had. And so I've goofed around with some fasting. I've goofed around with also what I was eating. So when we're in, in a house and even when we're sitting still, I can easily get, my protein levels are super high. Plus I'm also lifting a lot more iron, right? So right now I'm doing a lot more calisthenics, body weight work, um, some cardio, but I'm let me lifting, add in right? just to, to put in perspective. Cause I don't think the average person, especially guys that are listening, like this is so important to maintaining, uh, balanced hormones. The amount of protein Victor usually has to eat to feel like normal, Optimal. just, just, Barely, like not even it's like about- a beer to a cup of coffee normal, just normal to get through his day, um, is probably three to five eggs in the morning. At least, yeah. If I, in my perfect world, I'd have, I'd just make it an even dozen, but that's just <laughs> but not you don't. Realistic. Usually it's three to five. Yeah. And then um, with some spinach, right? Yeah. Usually. And then at lunch, okay, then usually a protein shake after your workout. Right. And then at lunch, like a half a pound of meat. Yeah. He usually makes these man patties. Right. Yeah, man, yeah, I would just take uh, grass-fed, grass-finished beef, uh, mix it in with some onions and other greens just to make it an easy delivery. And then dinner was usually another... Another, at least half, half a pound, pound of Three meat. quarters of a pound. At dinner, though, you'll have it, like say we're having chili, you'll have actually chili where it's um, with onions and beans and... Some sweet potatoes. We make, yeah. our, we make our chili with sweet potatoes. So uh, it's still a grain-free dinner. But it's not just beef and vegetables. There are um, carbs in the form of, well, vegetables are carbs, and in like a squash or a yeah, sweet potato yeah. or even a potato. Very seldom rice. Every so often. That's a cheat. If he rice, has rice. Rice it, or even a corn tortilla. Like I had two tortillas last night. I can kind of feel that sluggishness. Uh, it just doesn't work for me. Uh, so whatever, you know, I these are habits. Now, when we travel at the speed we travel, sometimes coming across sourcing is uh, good source meat, and I just rather not eat the industrialized meat. I can tell it's. I call it air food. We always talk about this food that we eat, and you're like, I don't feel energetic, and I don't feel satiated. That's a problem, especially if you're putting down the amount of uh, protein that I am. So I started goofing around a little bit with breath work and integrating first, integrating a a little longer fast till about. Um, 11 or 12 before I would have a small serving of oatmeal uh, with a couple scoops of protein powder, a little bit of grass-fed butter in it. And that's what I would be as my um, my meat, one meal before dinner. Now, the challenge with that is like, first off, it's not meat. And then second, what happened if I have these hunger pangs, which usually are the case in the morning? And I was thinking to myself, well, my caloric from a calorie standpoint, I know I can, I can make this work. Um, but why am I getting, or why am I getting symptoms of sort of low blood sugar early in the morning? So instead I would substitute, if I can substitute five, 10 minutes of breath work, things would calm down. And yeah. so my demand came down. That's yeah, what you wanted me to get to, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, 
it's huge. I mean, this, I want to get into reprogramming your brain, but let's be honest, you guys, if you're struggling with those first three things, I mean, that, that's why Victor and I are such an amazing combo is like he, he himself is like, okay, I can at least deal with exercise, sleep, and food. The next thing that we're going to integrate in a habit is, um, is breath work, but then he's going to, he'll share, he'll share that where it's like, it's, it's hard that that's hard to make time for. And I think that's what you're even with your clients trying to get those four habits instilled is really hard. And so you have to take a look at my theory is that if you take a look at your personality type and you know what you're up against, I can find the upstream hack to, to doing that for Victor. It really, um, it has to be done in the morning, right? You, you're really like the most, the most successful As, you are yeah. is with breath work and working out in the morning and p- food prep in the morning. Because it's just too easy for me to, especially being around my family and go, oh, this person needs this. This person needs this. Um, it's too easy. So I sprinkle in, you know, uh, my, my work. There's just, the day goes by so quickly. And so getting up and getting on it is absolutely essential to do it to me. And if I struggled to get it in like that day we both got up at 5 30 you know you making more time especially now if your sleep is improved now if you're staying up late i always see i see it with my clients every week you're staying up late watching something that you really don't really care that much about well now you're in the hole because you're not going to get up early to do the that self-care yeah and i know for myself so i don't necessarily have the same thing because i can go most of the day without eating however i'm going to have to shift that that craving to let down with um, a beer. So, you know, the day we were driving, it was easy because we pulled into the campground like at eight at night. And at that point, I'm just like, oh, I guess I'll just eat. And and, and it was fine. I know today it'll be different if I'm going to be really strict with myself and go, you know what? You don't need to reach for that. I will have to have habits because for me, that doesn't work to say, no, you can't do it. I have to replace it with something that is I'm an eight. I need intensity and challenge. I will have to shift it probably with holotropic breath work in order to not reach for the beer because I will have to have something that's equally intense for my body, but hopefully healthier. I'm, I'm assuming breath works healthier than a beer, but maybe yeah, well, there's nothing really wrong with the beer, but two beers or well and if it's interrupting my sleep because i'm not exercising enough and for me and i say exercising enough like a workout's great a run's great but usually i need something that's uh like rock climbing or surfing or something that's a little bit more mentally challenging for me to um to for me to not feel the effects of the beer so when you start to make your habits think about first like what What's your wiring, you know, overall for ultimate health or optimal health, intermittent fasting usually is the best for most people. But if you're the type that you have to get up and go sit at an office for eight hours or at your computer, I'm going to be honest, that's hard to fast. It's only because I get to be active and move through my day that that I can pull it off. If I was in a situation where I was having to be at an office at 8 a.m., I would have to probably shift and be really disciplined on eating how Victor's describing where it's more intentional, high protein, um, good... Increased frequency, good sourcing, uh, managing blood sugar. 
and and one of the secrets to uh, sort of weight loss is managing blood sugar. So if someone pe- people often ask me like, hey, should I fast? I'm like, well, what's your blood sugar like now? Because uh, sometimes you'll throw a fast on and they just get or if you have any underlying levels of anxiety. Oh, I'm, I, I, I'm very careful with that because a lot of times low blood sugar can trigger that feeling of anxiety. And one of the catch 22s with that is a lot of times what's causing your anxiety is actually what you're eating. It's, it's an allergen. So it could be your allergy or the obvious ones are cutting out all gluten or all grains and all dairy and then even possibly eggs. So those are your easy ones to cut. And there's a good chance that if you just cut those, the anxiety goes away and then you could work on intermittent fasting. But a lot of people are on the, the hamster wheel of, I have anxiety, I throw food on it, it just raises the anxiety, then I eat more food, and then round and round we go, and you're not breaking that cycle. Yes. Yeah, you know, when I was going through my adrenals, the big thing is I, I still remember vividly, I can close my eyes, that one time we came back from a run, a run and I devoured like 10 tacos, do you remember that? <laughs> uh, my anxiety was so high, my blood sugar management, I had massive adrenal fatigue, um, I just could not control my blood sugar. It swings so low. I went for a, what forty minute run with you around um, <clears throat> around Otay Ranch, and then I got back, and my blood sugar was so low. I'm scarfing food like, come on, come on, come on, come up, come up. And then by the time you, you finish, you're like, okay, my blood sugar's my blood sugar stable. And I look at, oh man, I just put down like. A, <laughs> a grip of food that should have been like three days for the food. And, and so you have to also be able to stand outside your body and be like, Ooh, yeah, there's something else. Let me go upstream. Yeah. Yeah. I think of my brother. I wonder if my brother's listening. Actually, both of my brothers will do that. I'll see when they're in like, not as, uh, when their stress gets high, same thing. You kind of end up with like not as healthy a functioning adrenals. And so they'll throw a ton, a ton of food on it. But, but it ends up being in that, um, you know, because I'll see them healthy too where they'll like eat nothing all day. And, and, you know, you just see that. It's a good clue to know if like you, if you are devouring massive amounts of food at a meal, it's a good indicator that you might have some adrenal imbalance going on there and it might be time. Well, the speed too, right? The speed at which you consume is a big indication for me with, uh, with how much blood sugar management. Uh, and we get trained to eat fast, but... If you're sitting there enjoying your meal in a slow pat in a slow pattern, usually it means you're responding first off to hunger and you're really absorbing and satiate, really taking your time to chew. You're really enjoying your food. But if you're scarfing, there's a good chance like your blood sugar's so low you need to get in and fast. Yeah. Okay, so oh. the point of all of this is that what habits should you stack? You need to stack exercise, sleep, food, and breath work. And we didn't go deep into the breath work part, but we can, we're going to do another podcast on it, but those are like, those are your, those are the obvious. Those are the ones you, you really can't get around that and be as optimally healthy. Now, if your goal isn't to be very healthy, then you don't really need to do those. But the, really the problem isn't what habits should you stack? It's what is the program that's preventing you from stacking those habits? And so I want, I was hoping we could kind of get into that because that's really what, um, don't you feel like you and I are working on with like when we get when we have a breakthrough in this, it's going to help our relationship so much. To- yeah. Um, you know, I always remember that scene from Empire Strikes Back when uh, Luke Skywalker is training with Yoda on Dagobah and he has to go in the cave. 
hopefully you probably watched that but he he said he goes to reach for his lightsaber he's like your lightsaber you will not need and he goes what's down there he's like only what you take with you and that kind of resonates with me right now because it reminds you that these upstream these problems these programmings they're all inside of you and sometimes uh, actually the goal is to kind of uncover those kind of like going into the cave now the the hard part with it is that it can it can it can trigger you it can be a challenge but and, and the triggers a big word now these days right everyone's oh i'm so triggered <laughs> uh, dude you have to get that you have to be triggered to realize that there's an issue so that you can uncover it and reprogram like you know what it's all good this is this is for me like for me anytime uh robin and i have a disagreement i go to anger and that anger and i have to really float out of my body like kind of hover outside i literally have to visualize that for me to calm down the anger because otherwise i go oh dude there's that little angry kid again like why aren't you paying attention to me and because i can do that if i could do that in a comical way that it always it all almost makes it dissipate instantly but anger and emotion can be so powerful that sometimes it, as couples think about it here's this person you absolutely love and you don't want to hurt yet you're letting them have it for whatever reason you know whatever it is you didn't close a drawer it, it ends up being silly when you think about it, it and and so you have to be able to have enough care for yourself and enough work on the programming to be like, you know what? Give me two minutes. I got to chill out. I'm doing that thing. And if they, if someone respects you for that, then it gives you a chance to go, oh, dude, he needs that time to, to reflect. Cool. But if you want to stay in and throw punches, whether they're real or verbal, like where does that go? It doesn't usually go. Nothing gets tends to be solved in that manner. It has to be solved from a calm, a place of calmness, um, logic, and, and compassion. Not just logic, because we can throw lots of logic and practicality. I'm, I feel like I'm very practical. Rum's very logical. And we, all, we hit heads a lot on that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm going to give you some tips on how to start the reprogramming process. Uh, obviously, becoming more um, mindful or self-aware of what your thoughts are are or the root emotion that you're feeling is a huge step. I mean, a huge, huge step. A lot of people be not even realize that there is thoughts and emotions behind your dialogue or your interaction. But becoming aware of that is definitely a, a big step. But even more that I'm, I'm noticing uh, when I talk to people often is that we've been trained as a society to not have expectations or to not be aware that we have expectations. And I think a lot of this can be prevented or diffused if we can stop and just really, I know it's, I know it's not fun to do, it's not sexy, but journaling. If we can sit and just journal, like, what do I expect out of my life? Remember I started by saying it's self-fulfillment. What do I expect out of my journey through this body? What do I expect from my relationship? What do I expect from my kids? What do I expect from my parents? What do I expect from my coworkers? If we can be 100% authentic with ourselves and our expectations, we can diffuse so much of this. Because, I mean, our kids are, they are not the norm. <laughs> they're definitely not the norm. I'm not saying like, oh, they're so special. But there is some, 
it, it's in some ways it's, I feel bad because it's really hard for them to meet other people that think like them. But in the end, from a very young age, I'm like, what do you guys expect from me? What do you expect? Like, what do you expect out of your day? They were probably eight, 10 years old. And I, we would go to homeschool and I'm like, well, gosh, we've already done this history lesson. We've already done this. Like, is this math matter? Yeah, we'll do some of it. But in the end I go, what do you expect out of your day? Or if they would complain about something like, I don't want to go for a hike. Well, what do you expect? Do you expect to just sit and watch TV, watch a movie in the RV all day long? Well, no, not really. I'm like, okay, so what do you expect? And then that's when Tati would say like, well, I expect to only hike four miles and I expect to have these type of snacks and I expect to be able to rest this much time. And that's great because that's what we need is that for our kids to be able to verbalize what they expect. Now, here's where it's hard. If you're sending your child to school and saying, well, you have to go to school and you have to get this college good to this college and you have to get this type of job. That's an entire uh, cycle that at what point do they ever step into a feeling of that they're in control of anything that they do I mean I think of the simplest one is like when we used to have to go to church and you have to wear a dress to go to church and I'm like why do I have to wear a dress to go to church we told this story in one of the podcasts recently and so expectation is definitely would you yes that's what we we end up struggling with yeah expectations this are super important um little side note uh, one thing you said is like journaling is absolutely important. I totally agree. What that looks like per per person can vary. I end up making uh, my most most successful way of doing any type of journaling is just a couple bullet points. Is bullet points to get to send a send a message to get it into my head. Um, so if you you don't have to sit there and be very verbose, just start off putting something on actual paper because it'll do something different to your brain. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you, honestly, I don't even, I don't do journaling, but remember I have FI, so I feel like I'm extremely in touch with my feelings, but I'm TE dominant. And so that means, um, plans. I like, I like to lay out elaborate plans and, um, I'm TE and then NI. And so it's a matter for me, scripting is the best. And I still make my clients. That's one of my first things that I always have people do. So there's your, uh, there's your assignment script. Scripting means you need to write out in detail what you are trying to achieve, whether it's like Christmas is coming up and you want to have an interaction with family members that look a certain way, not the family members, the conversation, I mean, the interaction. Um, but you can absolutely write down how you want to look for that. Yeah. But scripting out like, okay, I'm, I show up at my parents and right away my mom says this and she, it triggers me, that trigger word, it triggers this emotion in me. But you know what? Because I've done all these things to fulfill myself ahead of time, it doesn't bother me. And I've been practicing healing my heart chakra. And so instead I, of getting mad or swallowing the anger. I say, you know, mom, it really hurts me when you say that. Can we not, can you not say it that way? I know it sounds kind of crazy to be able to preempt it, like to have these type of conversations, but we are absolutely uh, at a time and place in the world where I think, I think it can happen pretty easily. I, I see shifts. Don't you feel like you see shifts in interaction with people or, or it's time to like, Cut the cord. That's what I was going to say. You know, I think uh, everything over the last two years has taught us, you know, the, cut out the BS out of out of your life if it's not serving you. Um, and also question. And there's a massive amount of questioning, which I think is awesome because you're questioning 
you know, in the end, what's important to you as a person. Yeah. Right. And that's important to do, too. Now, that doesn't mean you need to, you know, cut everything out of your life, but you need to have that space. For me, one thing I see in first myself and even in my clients is that we get to this tough time of year. And I remember it's also the happiest time of the year because it's the holidays, right? November, December. But I have seen it over the last 30, 30 years. It's hard on people. And so uh, my clients know that they have to bump up their self-care, which I absolutely love. You know, I actually had a fair amount of clients come in on near and around and on Thanksgiving. And I expect the same thing during uh, Christmas, right? They're, they're going to know like, you know what? I got to get that workout in so I can feel like I've taken care of myself because going to make sure I do my breath work and do my stretching. And then that way, when I go to family, I have the patience to deal with. Oh, here's that story again. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, here's that. Um, and that's a chakra. You know, remember the the I have those seven chakra meditations. The link is in the description. Those seven chakra meditations are really helpful with the journaling process too, because it poses the type of questions that you're wanting to like really ask yourself um, to to go through this. The second thing, if you're already on this part of the journey and you have all these self awareness, um, self-care habits, and you want to go a step further is like really going to value systems, aligning, identifying first, what is your intrinsic value? And second, if you know your intrinsic value going to, um, like, how are you implementing those values? Because that's the one I catch for myself. I'm pretty disciplined for all these other habits, really self-aware, know what chakras, um, where the balance is. In fact, we got to, ba- we got to uh, measure our chakras. Um, we should tell that side story. I'm going to come back to that in a second. The chair. Where the we chair, did the, yeah, that the was chakras. Awesome. And it, it's, but I still, I still catch myself. I still see myself go and like ch- actively choose, like, I'm going to go get that beer instead. And I know it's because there is an intrinsic value system that I'm not staying aligned to. And if I just hone into that, and it definitely ha- for me has to do with, you know, my uncle calls me Robin, change the world like trying to change the world and having an impact. And if when I can sit back and just align with, no, 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 I really feel like it's my purpose is to have a voice and I'm not going to let my chase chasing intensity and chasing challenge deter me from this. I can chase challenge and intensity and still serve my purpose. So finding that intrinsic value, if you are at that stage, I'll also link below in the show notes. Gabby has a course called Ego Transcendence. So if you already kind of know, she also has a course called Self-Limiting Beliefs. You've been doing her course. Yeah. It's helping. Oh, yeah. And it's amazing because they kind of go hand in hand. You really want to do self-limiting beliefs and then ego transcendence. But it's okay if you do them in the other order. The fact is, is like there's this programming. For me, my self-limiting belief is self-doubt. So that self-doubt is running side by side with this value system that I have to to live my purpose and to have uh have a voice so it's think about that conflict and when we can identify like oh there's that conflict happening right here uh then then we can add other habits i'm going to tell you one of the other habits i'm going to add is an acai bowl it sounds (laughs) silly but if when i get to three o'clock and i'm like oh that glass of wine would just be help me relax 
obviously there's a little bit of craving for some sugar. So go, okay, I'm going to reach for an acai bowl. Yes, it has sugar, but I am never going to be a zero sugar kind of gal. I'm just not. That's that's where I draw my line. So I'm like, okay, we have a nice acai bowl, grain-free granola, frozen berries, sliced banana. Are you getting hungry now? No, don't forget the peanut butter, Machado. <laughs> so you, you, have a, you have a lot of tangible steps. If I can do anything, I can give you the staircase. Um, one of the... Did, gosh, we... Can we wrap up with like, let's go with what Victor's really good good at. And if you're his client and you're listening, it's going to help reinforce all the things that he's telling you to do. But let's be realistic. How much time should you spend on self-care habits a day? Wow. It depends on the efficiency. I think once I work with an individual, for example, if you can wrap up play with movement to help you, to help you, Right, so yeah. yours like surf. You're getting play and movement. Yes. Right. Um, but I'm also surfing for like two hours, so it's not necessarily time efficient. Or climbing's my entire day. But you are but, right. But still, that still ends up yeah. being two for one. And there's yeah. a lot of people that'll spend two hours in the gym, and I'll say, you know, oh, okay, I got 45 minutes yeah. of cardio, or I'm, I, you know, I rode a bike, and I'm like, well, does that playful for you? Uh, and then there, there's still half more on their to do list. But I think if you narrow, if you can get, narrow it down, you can get it down to an hour, an hour and a half. And that includes, you know, your food prep time, right? That self-care is in there. Like, oh, if you can be a very, very efficient at it and you start to really get down and figure out at the root what that that person really needs. Yeah, because I I think what what we're talking about for today, at least, is just baseline habits to have mental clarity, to make it so that your body, like you're not on any meds. I mean, to us, the epitome of health is that you're not relying on big pharma for anything and you have mental clarity so that you can maintain uh, some emotional intelligence, emotional neutrality around the relationships that you want to maintain. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for us, we're saying like, yeah, if you have low blood sugar, you're going to snap at your spouse. But if you, if you're at a space of, you know, good gut health, you usually have mental clarity that goes alongside that. And intuition. Yeah. And then you, and then in the end, what do we want out of life? We want to be able to chase some passions, have some fun and enjoy somebody's company. You know, I think most people would agree that they want to be in a relationship. Now, if you've been hurt in a relationship, then you might be like, no, 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 I do not want a relationship ever again. But I think most of us can agree that when we can find that balance, we we want somebody that uh, we can share our life with. And so in order to, I mean, let's be, let's hack it even more exercise. Like how much weight strength training do you think you need to elicit Said response. that response? <laughs> 10 minutes? Um, of 10 actual, to 15 minutes? Yeah, of, yeah. Of actual heavy, heavy or challenging resistance training, I, you can get it down to a really efficient. Now you spend a lot of time doing rehabilitative exercise and warming up. Right. So depending on your wiring, oh, I got a knee problem. All right. We got to take care of the knee problem this way. And we got to do these stretches and we got to do a little warm up before you get to lift. But if you talk about, uh, you know, this 
I always tell them, I, I always tell my guys and gals, like, this is the set. This is what we work for the entire workout right here. Go to work right here. And with those three or four movements that you're getting that trigger to build that strength, to send a message to the brain to, hey, this guy's got a, or this gal's got a hard life. Let's generate muscle. Absolutely. About 10 to 15 minutes, really. And young women, I know it's hard because we feel like, oh, I, I think it's just we hold so much emotion inside. We feel like we need to sweat to have a workout and I need to, and you do. You absolutely do need to release that. In fact, I mean, you know me, I'm going to say like, I want to see you sweating in a playful, challenging way. I want to see you on a mountain bike. I'm going to see you rock climbing. I want to see you. Uh, we love these defy trampoline parks. Now I'm like, go play at the trampoline park. I don't care. I'd like to see you challenging yourself mentally also. And you, then you might not need, need that, um, basically that hit program, but women, it's important that we're lifting some heavy weight every so often. Like we don't always have to, uh, go for the, you know, 20 to 30 reps, and, uh, you know, what they call it, it's still hit workout, but a lot of times we're not eliciting the muscular response that we need to, especially once we get over 40. I mean, yeah, the proof is in the pudding. I usually can, you know, working, working hard, hard doesn't, harder doesn't make something better, better makes something better. And I use that a lot. Robin hates that, that I use that, but it's all in the response. So if you can create the response in the body to physical change. I'd much rather you spend, get out of the gym and go spend the time like, hey, go spend more time food prepping because right now, after what I just did, I know in 45 minutes your blood sugar is going to drop a little bit and you're going to want to reach for you know, an eggnog latte as opposed to yeah. some lean protein and some uh, sautéed vegetables. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm an de- idealist, so I'm not saying better is better. It's just at some point, if you're like, if it's better, but it's not getting desired result, right. then what point is that? Because yeah, right. it's better, but like, and hey, it suck, to, it suck. And, and if you like group training classes, like a, there's a lot of clients that, that I work with that supplement with group training classes because they like that environment. And when they come to me, they work on that injury prevention and what they need to stay healthy and strong. Okay. And the group training for something so, else. So exercise, the point of that is like, hey, minimum for exercise, 10 minutes. Everybody can do 10 minutes a day. If you, Victor can hack amazing workouts so that you get great response in 10 minutes a day. But if you, um, honestly, like, that should be that only 10 minutes. If you're not, you have to make time for these other things. And the other things is, is really your parasympathetic system. You've got to be tapping in to that. Shifting into that system, that rest and restore. Yeah. We just aren't, we, we're not a society that recreates anymore. And so maybe it was fine 20, 30 years ago, but now we have to actively chase that parasympathetic response. And so if you only have 30 minutes to practice self-care, spend 10 minutes lifting weights and spend 10 minutes doing breath work or meditation and spend the other 10 minutes in the kitchen dicing some actual vegetables instead of reaching for that latte or reaching for that. That's that's just the bottom line up front. If you're going to hack and you're like, I'm just too busy. I only I have 30 this. minutes. I got this. That's yeah. what you do. Now, if you're like, well, what's the optimal? I mean, I'd say I spend two to three hours on self-care. self-care. I mean, like I'm not very good about exercising and lifting weights when we travel, but my sports are there. You know, I have 30 minute to an hour yoga class that we'll take ourselves through, um, at least 10 minutes of breath work, if not 20, um, 
The kind of cool thing about food for our family is that food is a family affair. We all like all hands. On we deck. all work together to make amazing meals. So it's not individual responsibility. If you're a parent, like get your kids to help out in the kitchen. Remember that expectation? Like to me, I'm gonna look at my kids. Like, do you expect to eat today? You got to come in the kitchen. Then you're gonna have to help me out. Did you like that dinner? You're gonna have to help me do some dishes. Right. Like that expectation is not something we should feel guilty about. There's no part of becoming a parent that says that your child will only uh, like you if you give them everything that they want and never yell at them. Like that is, that's not how great relationships are built. And so don't, don't let guilt get in the way of doing like, don't, oh, but I feel so bad for my kid. They had to do this and this is so hard for them. Like the sooner you can let go of that guilt and just I don't want to say just be friends with them, but kind of like just have a heart to heart. Like, hey, I brought you into this world. I love you. I want to see you thrive. But like, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to raise a family. It's a lot of work to provide you with this amazing house or RV or food and all that. Like, can can you help me out? Like, I would really love if I, if it's kind of a give and take, I can give you this and can you give me this back in return? Your kids will appreciate that honesty and they will actually feel more valued than you providing things for them. And one side note is consistently, I will say this, people that struggle um, with managing their weight, one of the greatest problems I have is that people just don't know how to cook. A lot it's of almost like don't. Victor should start a YouTube channel on how to teach guys to cook. Yeah, and, and it's not like everything. <laughs> look, I, I'm really big about with my guys, like, look, your go-tos. You, Monday through Friday when you're going, they have jobs that they got to go to. Like, it doesn't have to be – it has to be good – Good, tastes good, but it doesn't have to be off the charts, four stars for most of the meal, you know. Um, and, and so having an ability to know this one tastes good. I love my food. I love for me right now that like my oatmeal tastes really good and it's seven minutes and I'm ready and I'm ready to pick up another client. Right. I'm ready to start working again. So being efficient at what you're doing. Also having your kids from an early age understand uh, the, the human response that comes with preparing a meal is absolutely critical if you if you're cutting food and your stomach wow i'm getting hungry this smells amazing these are the responses that we want to train our our children to respond to not like oh you know it's time to eat we should eat oh you know my blood sugar's low i should eat no we want to feel hunger we want to feel that that ties into our primitive our, our primitive roots it drives us and it also makes us we we start to develop our palate by eating foods at home I also am a massive believer now that I could take a stand. I'm like, look, you just can't eat out. You can't. If you're really looking to make these changes. And I, I, I like going out. We talk about going out for beer or going out for a meal every once in a blue moon. But I'm, I'm generally kind of let down by We're most of those experiences. Yeah. Nothing compares to making a home-cooked meal. Uh, and so learn to cook. Have your kids cook. Have them respond. Smell the food. Um, have them learn to dice and and use knives and prepare their food and create layers and layers of flavor, they will come back and thank you. Cause I'm very confident that even Tatiana given left to her device, she could make herself an amazing meal. Oh, she does all the yeah, time. It, she cooks really well. I mean, food. she could almost spearhead like an entire meal and be like, oh, yeah. uh, order people around like, this is what we're going to cook for this group. Yeah. This is how we're going to do it. You're on this, you're on this, you're on this. I'm going to prepare this. So we keep telling Victor, 
that um, Victor, Danny, and Jariah need to start a YouTube channel, Dude, Man, and Bro. But because they teach guys how to cook, I think it's a genius idea. Maybe when we get back to Polson, they'll start it because uh, the problem comes is like Danny, who is 22 and dry is 13. Oh, we didn't tell about the chair and you have clients coming up. Yeah. Okay. I got to hurry. Um, we'll come back to the we'll story to and we'll, maybe tomorrow we'll talk about the theta chair because the theta chair was so awesome, but you know, we got to work and pay the bills. So hope you guys have a great day. High five. We're making habits again. All right. All right. We got this.